Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Looks like the left wrist area again is the issue of concern for Nelson Cruz. Jake Cave went to first base and just went to the bag. That's not Jake's style. He's got to come out. He did something leaving the box. We talked about how the Twins are approaching the last 20 games with some nagging injuries, and now something has happened to Max Kepler. Ian Miller is taking over in center. Wade moving to right. Max Kepler is out of the game. Yeah, that was that was the injury. We could keep going. The weekend. Wow. I'm sure it could keep going. Well, if we kept it going, it would uh, it would involve Sir Byron Buxton. Yes, it would. Who is out for the season officially as of 30 minutes ago. Press release came out from the Minnesota Twins, and they didn't confirm surgery, but there's been... Has that been confirmed? Doogie was saying Doogie he had surgery tweeted today. that he had it today, this afternoon, yeah. I think it's... I think it's a... Conclusion that can be drawn when, when you're placed on the 60 yeah. DL and your season yeah. is brought to an end that uh, that it's uh, that you've had surgery. So here are, here's the tale of the tape now, and there's there's so many questions off of this, and we're going to get into a bunch of them. And Roy Smalley is going to join us. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North. Uh, it's a travel day for Rami, so he'll be back tomorrow with us. But um, Byron Buxton is now let's see here, uh, 25 years old. He'll be 26 years old in December, so he's no he's no longer. A young, he's no, he's no longer the 21 year old kid that was called up in 2015. He's played parts of five seasons in the major leagues. Only one time has he played more than 92 games in a major league season. Now, some of this he was like sent down to the minors and stuff. It's right, like some injury. He struggled, right? Um, the only time he played more than 92 games in a full season was 2017, and the last time he actually finished a season with the Twins and was either healthy and or productive at the end of September and finished the season. On the Twins was 2016, mm-hmm. and here we are again. He, uh, this is what's tough. Like I'll, I'll just throw my thought on this, and then we can kick this around. Okay, he is one of the more uniquely talented Twins players in the history of the franchise, and his presence in center field changes pitcher outcomes and game outcomes. And I think his presence on the base path changes the way pitchers approach hitters and different things. There's just a never-ending trickle-down effect for him on a baseball field. And with him out for the season officially now, mm-hmm. I can't see them winning the World Series anymore. I could see a path to them winning the World Series with him coming back and playing defense and being a disruptor. 
Um, this is the this is the first time all season that I'm looking at this team. Well, this is the first time since they started hot. So the first time in five months that I've looked at this and said, I just don't see a path anymore. I just don't. All right, I agree completely. Well, it's that Pineda is out now, which sounds you know goofy to say because if I had told you, hey, in April I'm going to mention Michael Pineda in a path to the World Series, you'd be like, no, you're not. You're a moron. Uh, Brios is starting tonight, and he has certainly struggled. But let me take what you just said and take the long play here too. It's now becoming an issue where where you just can't, and this is not the kid's fault. He's hurt, okay? So I'm not saying he's screwing up on purpose. He's def- Byron Buxton's definitely not doing that. But if you are, are Derek Falvey and the Twins, you just can't trust him. Like, you can't in- include him right now. You can't think, there's, there's no precedent there to say, that him getting hurt like this is a fluke because it's not at this point. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a it's a career so far, going back as far as right before he came up. I think the year before he came up, he was involved in that uh, collision at New Britain in right field where Byron got knocked out cold. Mm-hmm. Going back to that, it's been a series of running into walls, running into teammates. Um, to uh, in June taking a ball off the wrist. You know the Twins to their credit. In the Kansas Kansas City game in KC in April, I think it was like the third game or something. No, 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 fourth or fifth game. Buxton runs smack dab into the wall, and, and I think he I think he pinch ran the next day, sat out the next game, and then played. But the Twins were smart enough to say, "Okay, let's try this one. We're going to have you play deeper to so that your collisions with the wall won't be as violent, and, and it's going to help you." And, and there were times when I saw him like purposely, like almost. And I'm not trying to be flipping here, but like caress the wall with his body instead of run into it. And then you get to July in Cleveland, and because he's positioned deeper, he hauls ass in and makes a diving attempt and snaps his neck. And we go back to the concussion problem yeah. that you go back. So, so if you're Falvey, Levine, and the Twins now, I really think that you're to a point where you say, okay, we'll still wait and see, but we can't rely, we can't make plans. I think it's fair to say this, right, Phil? We can't make plans that definitively include Byron Buxton, which, as a baseball fan to me, is an absolute shame. This Selfishly, this makes me sad. Because I don't care if he plays on the Twins, the Tigers, the Royals, the Phillies. I want to watch this yeah. kid play baseball. But you can't rely on that. No, you can't. I think what you're getting at is like a long-term, a long-term contract plan. Is I'm that- talking about just the long-term future of a contract. I'm talking about reliance in 2020. Yeah. I'm talking about any subject that goes beyond 2019 really can't include a definitive Byron Buxton's going to give us this. Yeah, I think it means this is what's tough, too. I think you have to go into next year because this guy's under contract. He can't become a free agent until 2023. So he's under contract for three more seasons. And I believe he's arbitration eligible this next year. So he, um, he'll he probably make like 3 or $4 million or something this year. So two pieces of uh, of thought off what you just said. I can't justify one of these multi-year extensions for him anymore because what are you paying for? Are you you're paying for 80 games? Are you paying for you might pay for 140 games one of those years, but I mean I I, I guess I'd have to go in in the negotiation would start with like 80 or 90 games and that it's a take whatever his full season price tag would be and cut it in half and like obviously his camp's not going to go for that. The good news off that is you can go year to year with him until 2023 and you're not going to wind up paying him like 30 million at any point. 
you're going to pay if you went year to year with him, you're going to pay him like five million. And this is if he's if he continues to play well, even injured, five million, eight or nine million, and maybe maybe like fifteen million dollars in that last year, and then and then you can kind of be done if 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 you need to be. Think about how sad that statement is. Yeah, but like you could go year to year. You're not looking at saying you got to make a decision. But here's what's really tough. His presence is such a game-changing presence, you have to go into 2020 with him as your starting center fielder. You have to. So you're, I'm, I'm sure they might make a trade or two here to like free up a Kirloff spot. I wouldn't be shocked if they traded in Eddie Rosario or somebody. But if you went in next year and it's Rosario, Buxton, and it's Kepler, your fourth outfielder has to be something very specific. It has to be someone that can play like 50 games as a starting center fielder yes. if and when Byron Buxton can't play. Yes. So you so you have to go find like a Gerard Dyson or somebody who you know who's this dude for uh Tampa Bay uh, uh Kiermaier like a fourth outfielder Kiermaier guy. Who's a great defensive player, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, gets hurt, gets hurt all the time too. But you you have to go into next year with a hand, almost like in fantasy football, which you haven't played in a while, but you draft a running back, especially a running back like Dalvin Cook, and your next question is, "All right, later in my draft or my auction, who's the handcuff?" I gotta get. I gotta make sure if I'm drafting Dalvin Alexander Cook, Madison. I've got Alex Madison, <laughs> right? Or if yes. I'm gonna if I'm gonna draft Melvin Gordon, and while well, he might hold out for eight weeks, who's his backup? So if I'm the Twins, I need a handcuff to Byron Buxton to make sure that if he only plays sixty games, I can put someone in there that's not just Jake Cave. Jake Cave's been hot for a month and now he's hurt, but like it's got to be someone who can be a starter, and it's not Kepler. No, like you can leave Kepler in right field. Correct. So yes. you're not, but. You're right, but I guess my point is, as a baseball fan, what you just said makes me very sad. I want to see this guy play. This is, and I get it, he might never be a great player as far as he might hit, I don't know, take your pick, 265 or something, okay? So I know we're not talking about Mays here, but we are talking about in 2019 a gifted athlete who, if he's healthy, is so much fun to watch. He change, he changes games in ways that most baseball players simply can't change baseball games, which to me is bring that on. I want to watch that. I love seeing that. And if you're the Twins, if you're the Twins, you can put out, and, and so, so the trickle down here, if you're the Twins and you sit down now in November and say, oh, okay, what's our, what's our uh, 2020 plan? It's got to be we can't count on Buxton, which then means we also now have to rethink our pitching a little bit because when you can count on Buxton, you can say, we could probably get by with that guy because Byron Buxton saves runs. Well, now he's gone, and you're not going to replace him. I'm with you. You need to have a center fielder option that's not uh, Kepler behind him now, but you're still not probably going to get that guy. Mm -hmm. Byron Buxton changes baseball games in ways that go far beyond just him. And so now you're thinking is pitching wise, we actually probably need to be better than we thought we did previously because the guy who plays, if, if Byron plays 80 games, the guy who plays the rest of the games is not going to be able to save our bacon like Buxton could. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a huge conundrum. trickle down to me. I mean, I would almost look at you, you almost, it's, you almost have to go back to the, the twins outfield makeup from 10 years ago when they just had two center fielders and one of them played right field or left field. They had Gomez and Span or they had Revere and Span. Or for a while, they actually had Torrey Hunter. Shannon Stewart was a center fielder with the Blue Jays and Jock Jones had played some center field with the twins. So they had three center fielders out there. If you don't think Eddie Rosario or Max Kepler can play center, I mean, I know that Max Kepler has played center field, but if you don't think those guys are center fielders, you have to trade one of them. 
This is what I, the more I think about this, I think you have to trade Rosario. I think Rosario's gone, so that you can but, have. But a, a here's the problem: there can fill in for Buxton. Here's the problem: there, I take him to market and say, "All right, I want pitching." Guess what? I'm going to hear now. Rosario really dropped off last year a little bit, didn't he? And, and yes, I get it. The numbers in their totality aren't bad. But what are you going to hear about? You're go- going to hear about the post-All-Star Game swoon, which, by the way, Phil, is absolutely correct. So, that, yeah, there is a lot here. But this comes down to me to, I want to see Byron Buxton play. The Twins do. Their fans do. Everybody does. If you're a baseball fan, you do. And it never ends. It's a wrist. It's a concussion. It's crashing into walls. You know what I wish we could say? <laughs> I wish that what I said in April could hold up, which is if you would just quit crashing into walls, it's all fine. But I can't say that. Now, yeah. if you didn't crash into walls, it would help. But I can't say that across the board. Yeah. They positioned you deeper to save you from yourself, and you gave yourself a concussion. How much How much of Buxton not being able to stay on the field is bad luck versus recklessness? Uh, it's partially bad luck for sure. You can't dismiss bad luck because he, he gets hit in the wrist um, against what? Kansas City. He, mm-hmm. he goes down and plays a minor league game last year and fouls a ball off his toe and breaks it. But I think a lot of it is style. I think it is. Now, now, can you change him? I'd like to. I have no clue. But when you're diving for a ball that you probably could field on one, one hop, and I'm not... I'm not saying that, that you necessarily w- want to take his game out of him altogether, but crashing in, into walls. Do you know the one that really got me where I said, you're just being dumb? And he didn't get, well, he got hurt. He, he left the game, but he ultimately was fine. I think he played the next day. Do you remember the May game against the Brewers where he decided to climb the chain link fence at Target Field? Yeah. There's that chain link in, I think it's in left field, basically, yeah. in front of the bullpens. And he decided that he was going to Spider-Man it. Yeah. And I thought that is completely stupid. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like you can't. It, I don't know. I don't know how you tell someone who's, whose value comes with straight line speed I hear and you. tracking down fly balls. I know. The other thing here, since we're you know going down this path, you know he's going to be twenty six years old, and if you're a cornerback, a wide receiver, or a center fielder in baseball, and straight line speed is the attribute that puts you over the top. Straight line speed doesn't get better for you as a skill set at 26, 27, 28. It drops off. There's a reason why Kirby Puckett had to move to right field. There's a reason why Torrey Hunter, when he got to the Angels, uh, he became a right fielder. Now, you know, 30, 31, 32. I think the question is, as his speed declines, and and I guarantee you at age 26 next year, he's not as fast as he was when he was 21 or 22 years old. He still might be the fastest player in baseball because he started off just absurdly fast. But if you're thinking about five, five, six, seven years, you know, you want to lock this guy up long term. If I, I would have, I would have rather have paid for his fastest years than, than let his speed erode and then gamble on the other skill sets. Like, what am I again? What am I paying for? It's just, it's such a, it's such a buzzkill situation for this. For we're, we've spent most of this segment talking about sort of the long term ramifications. Yes, and really the the short term ramifications are. This team's going to face the Yankees or the Astros, and we don't know who the center fielder is going to be. Have you seen what the Astros are doing to opponents? Yeah, it's uh, they scored. I think fifteen on the A's last night. What the Twins were doing to opponents like two months ago? Question: If if you were to negotiate against Buxton, do you need to? And this is going to sound weird, but with 
how he plays and how much he's been hurt. And he's got a shoulder problem now. And I understand it's going to be repaired, but it's a shoulder problem that's been surgically repaired. Do you need to negotiate um, with his people as if he's a football player? Which means take your speed theory and apply it to his whole body. He plays baseball like a cornerback. So do do we need to say there's going to be a quick erosion here? Like he doesn't have, he's not going to come back and magically be fine for eight years. I I don't think he yeah. he plays the game like he's playing football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I think I treat it almost like he's a running back. Like I think I I don't think he profiles as the type of player that like Nelson Cruz is just a masher. He's he's thick cut, right? He's a he's a hitter. And Byron Buxton showed some flashes of being a hitter, but if your value as a baseball player revolves around other things like defense, speed, playing center field, that's not what you're going to be when you're 33 years old. So let's take a quick call on this. We just, we just, I mean, the reality is we just can't have nice things as Minnesota sports fans in this town. You know, just can't. The spring it, was it, fun. What are you talking about? It can't just be easy. It Wasn't the spring fun? Didn't you enjoy the spring? It can't just all come together. We get short bursts of nice things. At least the Vikings destroyed the Falcons on Sunday, which, by the way, if you're not subscribed to Purple Daily or now Daily Vikings Vent Line, you're missing out on some great Vikings discussions. Scornorth mobile app, scornorth.com. Let's go to other phone lines here, 651-646-8255. Roy Smalley coming up. TJ in enemy territory. What are your thoughts on Byron Buxton out for the season? Uh, it's just disappointing, right? Like, we see all this potential and it just can't stay healthy and you think back to where we were in, I don't know, call it April, May, and we were like, wow, this could be something. And even like with Barrios, and after May, we thought, wow. And here's my question for you guys. Would you take these down moments and lock them up long-term for a lot less money at the chance that they pull it together and strike, whether it's Barrios or Buxton? Like, do you give Buxton 10 years, $5 million a year? lock it up now and take the chance. And it's not that much money when you wake up in six years, even if he doesn't pan out. Same with Barrios. He's struggling. Give him the money now. Lock it up long-term so that maybe, just maybe next year when Garrett Cole's a free agent, we actually have $25 million a year to pay somebody. What do you guys think? It's a good question, it's TJ. It's a great nice, question. Nice and my answer is if they would sign the contracts that TJ just talked about, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't think they will. Um, I go year to year on Byron Buxton. So if you go year to year on Buxton, you get him for the next three years arbitration, and then he'll be heading into his age 29 season in free agency. I'm cool with just having Buxton till he's 29 because the gamble I'm taking there is that once he hits free agency, I'm not going to be able to afford him anymore and he will sign somewhere else. Okay. What's the worst that can happen? He's not going to play center field at that level when he's 30 years old. Anymore. But wouldn't you do a five year dirt cheap? Which, well, which he won't take. Well, if you want, well, I would, but I would, I would go to him with well, it. I'd if say you, you want to play for five million bucks a year. I'd say a, you yeah, can't stay healthy, dude. Like yeah. we don't know. Here's here is five mil per year. You know what? It might help He's help, not help say him yes do. To that, though. No, I know. It might help him say. I wonder if next time I shouldn't crash into that wall because <laughs> maybe I want to play longer. But he's not going to say yes to, I understand a, that. to a low ball. Concept. But that was his question. TJ's question is my, my answer to what TJ said is absolutely. The problem is the Barrios, the Buxton, R- Rosario, and even Snow Camps are all going to say no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just go, go year to year with him and go year to year with Snow. Those aren't the. It's, it's unfortunate because I would have said after last year, 
Because last year was a productivity issue more than it was an injury issue. I mean, it was both, but like it was, you were questioning his productivity. We're not questioning his productivity anymore. He has like an 850 OPS and he played amazing center field. Um, but I'm just like, for the first time, I'm just out on him long term. I'm in on him year to year until he's a free agent and then somebody else can pay him 50 plus million dollars my, if they think he's a center fielder when he's 29. My guess is you're probably right. Yep. So, all right, let's come back. Roy Smalley. That was uplifting. That was uh, that was very joyous. Yeah, we went from a two hour Viking celebration. But aren't you mad yesterday. about this? As a baseball fan, aren't you n- not mad at people? It's not yeah. Buxton's fault. Aren't you mad as a baseball fan that we have this this talent in this town? I'm I, it, I'm frustrated. I'm annoyed. Okay, frustrated. I'm not mad. Frustrated. I'm sort of confused. Like <laughs> why why can't he just catch a break other than like a bone that breaks or not? Catch the wall with his body. Yeah. It's also, you know, not to turn this into a big, big picture Minnesota sports fandom discussion. I guess we could, but you know, why can't it be that you just have a season where everything breaks right? You know, why can't you just? Oh, we did. You break the 91? home run record. I know, but that's a- been that's almost thirty years. It's not my fault. You, it's not my fault that you were respectively like two and five years old when things went right. I was but there. Why, but why can't it just be that? All right. You set the major league home run record and it's amazing and this just happens to be your season and everyone stays healthy for the most part. It can't be that I'm okay with some guys being banged up and playing, but it's like guys are just unable to play. Like Byron Marksing can't play. I don't know. It's depressing. So anyways, Bryce Smalley's gonna join us. Then you got Blair Walsh, Gary Anderson. We could go on. (laughs) We'll talk more about the twins and uh, what their path could be. To a, is there a path to a World Series? I mean, that's really the question. And uh, later on, Cram Session makes its Tuesday debut on the show. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. You know, the Twins might need some insurance. Yeah, I, I don't know what Federated has to offer them for uh, broken-down, injured outfielders, but maybe the Twins brass can go to federatedinsurance.com and see if uh, one of those Federated marketing representatives can help them. They're here to help business owners. Federated has been helping business owners for over a century. The company's roots, based in Owatonna, go back to the early 1900s. And you can find a full list on federatedinsurance.com about all the industries that Federated protects. But if you're a business owner, it's uh, there's certain things that you probably just shouldn't cut corners on. I would say toilet paper is one of them. Want to keep those employees happy? And insurance is another one. It helps so much to have a face-to-face relationship with Federated and a representative that has your back. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find that Federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Join Dan Terrar and myself tomorrow night for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and the Houston Dynamo with pregame at 7, kickoff at 7.30, right here on Score North on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app, and scorenorth.com. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Usually we... Uh, Catch up with Roy Smalley. Uh, by the way, brought to you by Doug's Power Equipment in Blaine. And we celebrate the Twins' bomb bus. And we talk about how amazing the Twins are this season. And we spent, we taped this earlier in the day here, just a little bit before the Buxton news came out. So we were sort of speculating that Buxton was going to be out for the year, which you'll hear. But this was mostly just a vent session between Roy, Judd, and myself. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Let's uh, fire up this Roy Smalley conversation. Welcome back to the show. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. 
where you can find a five-day-a-week twin show. It's called the Scorner Twin Show at noon every single day live or podcastable on demand anywhere you find your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, and uh, the aforementioned mobile app. And, uh, Roy, we're sort of back and forth here on official confirmation, but the news trickling out about Byron Buxton and potential shoulder surgery is not very good. So, um, I guess, like, let's just, let's just proceed as if Byron Buxton is out for the year and the Twins are going to have to cope without him in the regular season as they try to hold off the Indians and in the postseason. What are your thoughts? That's a big blow. It is a big blow, uh, and, you know, quite frankly, I feel the worst about it for Byron. Uh, and he he was having a really nice season this year, could have ended up, if he could have stayed on the field, could have ended up the, the true breakout season, uh, full season, that we have, you know, are expecting from him at any uh, one of these years. And he works hard, he's a great personality, he's a great guy, and uh, wants to be a great player, and I, I'm, I'm really if it if it ha- if that's what happens, I'm really I'm I'm sad for him once again that he that he hasn't been able to stay on the field. And right, the tough thing now too is if you're the Twins, you can't really pay him right because when he plays, he, he can be fantastic. And and we've talked throughout this year about all the attributes that Byron has. But if I'm the Twins, until I see a, a prolonged stretch of him being able to stay on the field, I think writing out a massive contract or going to him with one is very difficult. It's difficult for sure, uh, and it it, uh, it hurts uh, you know Byron's negotiating position a little bit with the, with the Twins. I mean, it, you know, in a free agent kind of situation, someone's going to pay him a lot of money. So it's it, it's there's a, there's a bit of a a dichotomy there, but in the meantime, um, it's it, it's hard to it's hard to think about signing him to a multi-year deal for a boatload of money yet until, as you say, he you know he gets through a whole season. Yeah, um, and then since we're since we're picking at the Twins scab right now, Michael Pineda and uh, the suspension news that came out over the weekend. I, Judd and I were both mentally we were there before the suspension that he was the Twins number 1 starter if you just take the last couple of months. I wrote it and like out he before he got pinched. And like we can't just have nice things. He can't just roll into the playoffs. Now he's going to be uh, out for 60 games leaking into next year. So, uh let's get the second piece of buzzkill news out of the way. Your thoughts on that? Well, terribly disappointing. I mean, really really disappointing. And it just it's hard to fathom isn't it i mean i just i i don't get these things where i mean it's, the really good news is that he wasn't the the substance that he was using is is a weight control uh kind of substance that uh is also used to try to mask uh using the real performance enhancing uh drugs and and it was determined that he wasn't trying to do that uh, so his suspension, you know, is devastating as 60 games is. It could have been worse. But what I just don't, or what I can't fathom is either either you know for sure, in which case, I mean, you know what's in it, and, you, you know, you take it anyway, or you don't know what's in it, and you just take somebody's word for it. I mean, it, it, it's just, it, it really is... Um, I don't even know the word, but it's it's astonishing to me that I mean those are really the only the only two choices. It's like it, it's like what well, I mean. Just find out what's in it. Go ask somebody. I mean, why do you in this day and age when you've got 
uh, all of this hyper sensitivity and focus on, you know, guys taking uh, or not taking PEDs. I mean, why would you just take something? I, I, I just, I just don't get that without knowing what it was. I, I, it's strange. Irresponsible, right? Because to me, that, yeah, it is. Just make a phone call, call the twins, yeah. read the yeah. label to them. Yeah. They're going to yeah, tell you no. In, bring it in. Here, this will help you. Take this. Okay, give me the bottle. Bring it in to the trainer and say, is this guy anything in it I'm not supposed to take? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's really frustrating. Okay, Roy. So with all that's gone on and with Buxton being out now and Pineda out now and Kepler being hurt and, and all of what has transpired, basically, that we found out in the past week, paint the rosiest picture you possibly can <laughs> to a twin's path to playoff Success. I've tried and I can't, but you possibly can. So paint the best picture possible to me. Well, I'm not going to tell you how they get there yet, but what I will say is two weeks ago I said if they, uh, if they get through the stretch of, uh, that they had of um, Boston, Cleveland, Washington, Cleveland, uh, and they're still in first place, then, then I think their, their path is, is, is pretty much done. I mean, it would take a pretty monumental um, lack of performance by the whole team if they're in first place with Chicago, KC, Detroit, KC, Detroit, or whatever it is. You know, those are all they have left. Uh, it would it, it would take a pretty monumental um, lack of performance by the whole team. So this next week is is kind of it, I think. And uh, uh, you know, obviously, tremendously unfortunate that they're dealing with these injuries to key players and and lots of them um and i i can't exactly tell you how they're going to get there other than this is their year and a pitcher or two is going to step up and and throw a good ball game and somebody uh that is healthy or somebody that's going to play even though he's not 100 percent is going to drive in the runs and they're going to you know they're going to you know get to cleveland with uh, with at least a four-game lead, where they can't lose it if 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 the worst scenario happens, and if they get if they get through all that and they're in first place, I think they win it. Yeah, and really, I mean, what they what they have to hang their hat on is that they're just going to outslug opponents. That they've got a lineup that at this point the Yankees are hot on their heels, but at this point is the greatest power hitting lineup in baseball history. And I guess my next question to you, Roy Smalley, is. How have you been able to reflect or to to dissect just how systematically it's it's more than just well they added Nelson Cruz in spring training you know it's not like they just well they added a couple guys and now they broke the home run record I get that baseballs are flying out of ballparks at a higher rate across the board but they're number one on top of that list and guys like Mitch Garver and Max Kepler have just gone bonkers. Um, what what do you think systematically is the main reason for why we're sitting on top of this type of power hitting team? Uh, you know, I don't know that there's a clear cut answer that I, I could give you, and you could say, "Oh man, that's brilliant! Uh, you, you hit it. <laughs> I never thought of that." You know, I, I think I think what has uh, happened is that Nelson Cruz stayed, and you recall we early on. Right at the beginning of the season, and, and when they got Nelson Cruz, I, all I asked for is that Nelson Cruz just be Nelson Cruz. And, you know, don't know what he's going to do at age 39, uh, but just don't be a bust, right? Just be somewhat close to Nelson Cruz. Well, he's done that in, in space. My gosh, it's, he's been fantastic. And that has solidified the third spot in the lineup, which 
it, it, I mean, they didn't really have a third hitter. They haven't had for quite a while a bona fide third hitter that could be that rock. And I mean, the guy that just set the example at bat after at bat with, you know, with damage, you know, home runs and RBIs. And he, he satisfied that. And then everybody else could slide into spots that allowed them to relax. And uh, then focus on the mantra from James Rousen and Rudy Hernandez, which is figure out what the guys got and, and look for the, the pitches in the zone that where you're the big end of your bats really good and be aggressive as can be from the first pitch of the, of the every at bat for pitches that are in the, in those spots. And, you know, one through 10 or 11, uh, they have executed that plan uh, really uh, strikingly well. I mean, these guys have had great at-bats for the most part. Nobody has great at-bats every game all year long, but great majority of the time, one through nine or ten or eleven, these guys are going up there free and easy with the plan, and their their talent is coming through. And, and uh, so you get to a point where you've got really good hitters uh, good hitters that have proven themselves and good hitters that are proving themselves this year, uh, getting good balls to hit and not missing them. And then, of course, the ball, the balls with these, how hard they are and how hard the bats are. I mean, they're, it's, they're, they're jumping, they're jumping like crazy. So, I mean, it's just a combination of a lot of things. Uh, and it, but it's, it's veteran guys getting added to young guys, taking all the pressure off of them and allowing them to, develop freely and easily and i think i, I that's that's my best shot so uh, so right if you had to vote today who is your mvp of this twins team wow that's it, it, i mean it's it, it, it would be a, 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 impossible for me to vote for one you can make a strong case for max kepler you make a strong case for jorge polanco obviously i'm I'm partial to um, you know switch hitting shortstops, but uh, you make a really strong case for um, Nelson Cruz. I I think those you know those three guys are the you know are the are, are the candidates, and and I don't mean to leave out the contributions that Eddie Rosario has made and Mitch Garver has made, and and um, and on and on. I mean everybody's been terrific, but those first three guys in the lineup that you think about not just their numbers, but that the big hits that they've gotten, I mean, gigantic uh, hits uh, in so many games in so many tight situations. I mean, it's, it, it would be hard. I'd, I'd take any one of the three of them and felt like the other two were probably being slighted. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I would, I, I almost just because of, I know he hasn't played as many games, but just because he could, he's played some catcher, uh, Mitch Garver is a really interesting one and has just brought this lineup to a new level. But then the fact that Max Kepler has played a lot of center field in Byron Buxton's absence, you know, is, is he Byron Buxton out there in center? No, but the fact that he can and has played center field in a pinch and is going to hit all these home runs. I, it, and also, I know this wouldn't necessarily show up in a, in an MVP vote, but that dude's been grinding through injuries for weeks and weeks now too, Roy, and he has mostly just pushed forward. I agree with that. I, I and and uh, you know what I keep coming back to is the the home runs that he's hitting uh, are you know they're not a lot of gratuitous ones. You know they they are in big situations and he's gotten big hits, singles and doubles in you know game winning situations and uh, whether they're walk offs or whether they're in the eighth or ninth inning. I mean I could if if 
we had any more time, I can see you could sit down and, and, and rattle off 10, 10 games you could think of right now where a Max Kepler hit of some kind was the turning point in a ball game. Yeah, for sure. Roy, we love the insight, and uh, we'll see. I mean, the twin, really, if the Twins just get to the last 10 games on the schedule, let's put it this way the Detroit Tigers. You know the Tigers are going to put up a huge fight? Poor, poor Guardy. They've already lost 100 games, and there's still three weeks left. So. <laughs> <laughs> If they get there, if they if they get through uh, the weekend in Cleveland in first place, then uh, I, I think things are uh, things are free and easy from there. Yep. not easy, but you know what I mean. Free, For sure, they, they're they're, <laughs> play, they're playing freely and easily. Yeah. Easier, I think, is fair, right? Yeah, I mean, we got to be we got to be clear that White Sox pitching staff can shut people yep. down, and the Kansas City Royals can score some runs. So. I mean, it's not over by any stretch of imagination. They've got to play baseball. They've got to play the way they've been playing. I expect them to do that. Yep. Roy Smalley, Fox Sports North, World Series champion. We'll talk again next week, Roy. All right, guys. All right, Mackie and Judd uh, with Rami here. And just before we go to break, so you asked him, what is the path to a World Series win for the Twins? And I just, just like off the top of my head, started scribbling some stuff down. Mm-hmm. And even if these things happen... They're still not favorites over the Astros. They're still not favorites over the Yankees, uh, Dodgers, and the National League. But I think there are th- uh, four non-negotiables. If the Twins are going to win the World Series, there are four non-negotiables. Jose Barrios and Jake Odorizzi are one and two. Mm-hmm. Bruce Dar Gratterall and the lineup. If this lineup hits you know, record bomba pace in the postseason, if this is a lineup that's going to hit two or three home runs a game in the postseason, mm-hmm. They can win games, even with subpar pitching. If they have a number one and a number two starter, they can beat teams. You know, they don't have to have a bunch of Garrett Coles and Justin Verlanders necessarily if the lineup is doing its thing. All these things kind of play off each other. Mm-hmm. But the wild card, if all of those things happen, and those things were like the, 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 the Barrios, Odorizzi, and lineup, that was their first four months of the season. So it's not that unrealistic that those things could click. They they also need Bruce Dark Ratterall to be your bullpen ace. They just or and that's, and next to Taylor Rogers, like they need to sure, him to be I a bullpen you. ace, and that's a huge ask. Perk um, on his show or on the Twin Show last Thursday did a really good job of sort of saying, "Here's the difference between minor leaguer throws hard and and having him come up and be like, okay, kid, go succeed." Yeah, and it's a huge ask. It's like the whole whole thing now with Kirilov. Is Kirilov going to come up and save the day? It's not really how it works in baseball. I actually think it's more likely that Gratterall figures it out than Kirilov comes up and is. It's Pete just Alonso, all. It's all know? a big ask mm-hmm. to be like, okay, kid, go out here and it's October and can you do it? Gratterall's got great stuff, but it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. And and the problem with the lineup construction is it's fine if people are healthy. But now you've taken Buxton out, and Marwin Gonzalez has the abdominal issue, which he's not back from yet. And Cruz has the has the wrist goes in and out of. So if the, if this was the lineup from June, I'd say, oh yeah, sure. But it's really not. Sano's got a back problem now. You're that big with a back problem that scares me a lot. <laughs> we've we've been there. Jake Cave is out <laughs> for Christ's sakes, you yeah. know. So so I think your non negotiables are very fair. But I think the only one that has a real that has an outside chance of coming in for sure is the pitching. But that starts tonight. Jose Barrios, go do it. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's that it's that simple. Yeah, it's but it's it's that simple. But it's also the August and September Rubik's cube is one that he has not solved. He has not. He now he has been oddly better in September in his career yeah. than than August. Yep. I mean his his August numbers are 
fascinatingly bad. It My, doesn't make any sense. I have gone for, from being the, that for the success of this group, the future of this franchise, you've got to figure out Sano and Buxton to I'm done with Miguel. If he hits home runs, that's great. If he doesn't, that's fine, too. I almost don't care now. My two key guys going into 2020 from this group now, without a doubt, Buxton Barrios. Mm-hmm. And Barrios, you know, it's possible that you know Barrios is just a number two starter. Like you put it this way, with even with their, the the flaws showing up, you know, we know what Miguel Sano's flaws are, and if Jose Barrios's flaws that he's just like a little bit in his head and he has a month where he's just not that good, well then he's not a number one starter. I still want him in the rotation. Mm-hmm. I, I'll still pay him to be a. I'll pay that guy fifteen or twenty million dollars to be a number two starter. Um, and Miguel Sano, I don't have as much angst over Miguel Sano because I think he just after five no, or six years in the big leagues, he just kind I of agree did, with you. He's a power hitter. No, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm saying I'm no longer hung up on on that. He's going to do what he's going to to do. He's going to strike out a ton. He's going to go mm-hmm. one for seventeen, and then he's going to get three hits and and hit a ball five, you know, five twenty. Yeah, I get all that. So I'm I'm not saying I'm done as in I can't stand him. I'm saying he is who he is. But Brios and Buxton still, I don't know. And, and if Brios is a two, that changes the dynamic definitely of how I think about this team and him for sure. And that goes from being because a month or two months ago, I was saying I thought Brios was a major league ace. That puts him in like the top ten of pitchers yeah. in baseball. If he's a two, he's not, and not the Twins ace. That changes that completely, and that also changes Phil when I'm going to pay him. By the way, if if Brios. In the rest of these regular season starts, and then in a postseason start or two, if he shoves and figures it out, he's back to being a major league ace for me. You can be a major league ace and struggle for a month. I mean, Chris Sale has had some really weird spots That's during regular season. What I'd like right? to see start tonight. Yep. So uh, we'll see. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North and the Score North mobile app, and uh, the Score North Twin Show is just on fire. Thank you all for downloading it and subscribing to it. It's a a five-day-a-week twin show. You can find it anywhere you find podcasts or uh, scorenorth.com and the Scornorth mobile app. And before we come back, thank you again to uh, Roy Smalley. We taped that a little bit earlier before the Byron Buxton injury news officially broke, but we kind of figured when we talked to him that it's not pointing in the right direction. So uh, we'll come back. Actually, we, we, we didn't get to Gophers football really yesterday, and the Gophers are 2-0. and I feel like people are down on the Gophers because it was two ugly games. I'm going to... Uh, I want to shame those people when we come back. And then Judd can tell me that I'm too much of a gopher's homer. And we'll just kind of go in circles. But uh, let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. The best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. You can find a whole array of valuable and uh, technology upgraded vehicles. I love the 2019 RAV4 XLE that I've been driving and uh, I, like, I, I'm now the guy because I've driven Camrys and Corollas my whole life. I'm now the guy that like I take my car when someone needs uh, to store a bunch of stuff in it for a road trip or for a, a move or something. You're like, you know, don't don't be asking me to help you move, but you know, I'm the guy with four wheel drive now that can trudge around in the winter. I'm the guy with uh, a little bit more uh, spaciousness because I have an XLE Rav4. So if you want the best combination of SUV space and handling and driving more like a Camry Corolla and great price durability, great safety features and technology, the Rav4 XLE is your vehicle. Stop in, open until 9 o'clock tonight on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. It's Luther Brookdale Toyota and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. 4.47 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. If you somehow missed it, we've been talking about it all hour so far. Byron Buxton 
out for the rest of the season, having season-ending uh, in or surgery there. It's been a fun ride so far for the Twins as they've gone on to an 88-55 and record with a couple weeks left in the season. Now with that news coming out, with Michael Pineda being suspended, where do you see the Twins ending up this season? Let us know over at Score North on Twitter, at North on Twitter. Twins have, been, have had a fun ride, but there was another fun ride that we took 10 years ago with Brett Favre, and we're doing a deep dive into every aspect of the 2009 Viking season. You can join Sage Rosenfels, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Ryan Longwell on Minnesota Sports Rewind, the 2009 Vikings edition. On demand anywhere you find your favorite podcast, or just go to scorenorth.com and click on shows. That's Minnesota Sports Rewind. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackey and Judd with Rami. All right. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. Okay. I feel like, I know I'm a Gophers homer, okay? I know. I feel like you might be finding angst to have here where there should be no angst, but go ahead. No, I feel like the Gophers are 2-0, and and the the majority of the feedback I am hearing about the Gophers starting the season 2-0 and is, oh my God, how do you, what a disaster. Like, how do you almost lose to South Dakota State and Fresno State? I mean, jeez. What, what's going to happen when you play a real team, like a Wisconsin or somebody? I mean, that's like do look 80% good. of mm-hmm. the feedback I've heard about these first two games. Yes. Okay. Do, 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 do people not like follow? So Fresno State, these, these were not supposed to be pushover 40 to nothing win games for the Gophers, okay? First of all, the Gophers aren't Ohio State. The Gophers, the Gophers aspire to be Iowa. The Gophers aspire to be... Uh, I don't know, like what Nebraska has been don't the bring last it, don't 15 years. Don't bring the mood okay? down. Don't so bring it down. I'm saying let's bring the Gophers' the Gophers' expectations down a little bit, and let's look at Fresno State, South Dakota State. Okay, on paper you might think, oh God, like you got an FCS school, and then you're like Fresno State. What's that like the 19th best college in California in terms of football? Okay, Fresno State. It's a road game for one. Um, they went 12 and two last year. They won 10 games the year before that. You know, they finished 18th in the in the rankings at the end of the year last year after beating Arizona State in a bowl game. Jeff Tedford's a good coach. He's a good coach, and that's I'm a, a good Tedford program. Guy. That's yep. a really good program, and that's a road game for you. They also almost beat USC at USC, and I get that Lynn Swan just quit as the athletic director, and so USC is probably not uh, a powerhouse. But <laughs> Can you say Urban Meyer? That uh, that should happen, right? Oh, that's been ha- in the making for years. It's going to happen. For yeah. sure. That's a that's a National but, Football League team. Let's not kid ourselves. But I feel like the expectation going into the Fresno State game was yep. way too high. Well, you got to go in there and you got to make up for the the close shave against South Dakota State. No, like the expectation should have been just get out with a win, and they did. They came back, they score a touchdown at the end of regulation, and they win in overtime. And they had a bunch of big time plays to get them there. And real quick on South Dakota State, okay, that is one of the best FCS schools in the country. They've gone to the FCS semifinals two years in a row. Last year, they got beat by North Dakota State. So if I were to flip this around and say, all right, if North Dakota State comes into TCF Bank Stadium any given year, and they have, mm-hmm. how much flack would you give the Gophers if they if they tussled with North Dakota State, an FCS school? You'd say, I mean, that's a great program. There's no shame in tussling with North Dakota State, right? Well, South Dakota State isn't that far behind North Dakota State in terms of caliber of FCS uh, play. So to tussle a little bit with that team and to tussle with Fresno State and be 2-0 and after those games, that's that's no crime. So I'm just kind of tired of that narrative. How much backlash have you heard about the Fresno State game in particular? Because I've heard very little. I the feel South like, Dakota State game I did, so the Fresno State game, 
I feel like lots of people went to bed at halftime. Well, and that was, I actually did too. But like, I feel like I went to bed in the third quarter. I fell uh, asleep. Uh huh. But I feel like, yeah. and maybe I'm putting I too much. I up till two in the morning, okay? <laughs> I was right there with you. I, I was couple, staying up till two A couple in the too many claws in me. I was oh. tired. Uh, but I feel like maybe I'm reading too much into like Twitter in game feedback and things like that. But when, when they were, when they, when the lead was slipping away and Fresno State takes the lead, it was like, oh, how can this happen? Like, what do you mean, how can this happen? That's a really good, that's a good team. So that's a, Fresno State's a legit team. The, the South Dakota State game only primarily bothered me because I expected the offensive line to be good, and it was pretty awful. Sure. And I didn't like that. Uh, South Dakota State's a good team. I thought that victory was too difficult, and I didn't like the fact that I felt like the Gophers got pushed around because their offensive line is actually huge. It's not like some small uh, group. So that bothered me about that game. The Fresno State game, first of all, to be very clear, I thought was great fun. I watched the entire thing. It was a lot of fun. It was crazy. The Gophers and Fresno State both made a ton of mistakes and didn't play uh, fantastic football. But the main takeaway there was the Antoine Winfield Jr. pick. Oh, my God, can that kid play? If that kid can play a whole year, it's going to be fantastic. I thought the line improved in that game. Uh, here, But here's my question, okay? Because I'm in right now. I'm watching games closely. So you here's, you're, you're, you're in in what sense? Like, I'm watching the Gophers very closely. <laughs> I'm into them. Like, I, okay. I'm watching the games. I, I, am, I am into the, the games themselves. Here's my question, and I talked about this uh, at length at Sunday's Vikings game with our buddy Chip Scoggins, because he is a huge college football fan and also watched the Gophers very closely. Uh, the offense, I'm trying to figure it out. You've got two receivers who catch everything, as far as I'm concerned. And and Morgan, people seem to complain about the kid a lot. And I get the fact, okay, he's not the world's greatest QB. I completely accept that. No problem there. But, Phil, he's not awful. He's better better than Mitch Leidner. I agree completely. Okay, (laughs) that's the starting point. But I agree with you. So... Here's my here's my primary starting question on Gopher football, the offense right now. If you throw the ball to Bateman, he catches it. There seems to be this this need. It, it's a Zimmer like need to run the football at times. I'm like, okay, I get it. Do you want to establish play action? Go go for it. That's great. But these kids are going to catch the football. Bateman and Johnson, but Bateman especially doesn't drop a thing. So I'd like to see them pass a bit more. Yeah, yeah. I would say. I would say going forward, don't overthink it. You have two NFL wide receivers, and even if your quarterback is a college game manager type mm-hmm. quarterback, how can you get the ball to those two guys as often as possible? I also think they have some really good running backs on this team, too. They just have really good skill position players in general. But remember remember when, uh, when like 10 years ago now, uh, I think this was early, this was the Tim Brewster era because it was Adam Weber was the quarterback. And Eric Decker was clearly an NFL wide receiver. The question was just, what round is he going to get drafted in? And that offense kept it real simple. We're going to throw the ball to that guy like yes. 10 or 15 times every single And I'd game. like to see that. Yep, like that guy Bateman's is just going to be it. our offense. Yes. And you have two of that guy. I would argue that we'll see where they wind up getting drafted, but you could say that Bateman is Decker and Johnson is like almost... Like a two point oh, I don't think he's quite as good as Bateman. I was going to say, John, both going to play. I think they're both going to play in the NFL. I think Johnson is very good. I, I think he's a little bit more prone to drop the football. Bateman yeah. is has like super glue. Yes, but yeah, but and and I think 
we're getting closer here. I would like to see the offense's identity morph into we can run the ball, we will run the ball, but we're also going to pass the, the ball. And yes, Morgan might not light the world on fire, but to your point, he doesn't have to. Well, another takeaway, too, and I don't care if it's South Dakota State, Fresno State, I don't care who it is, I don't care if it's a Big Ten school or just another random directional school in the non-conference, how often in your life watching Gophers football were they the type of team that things bad things would start to happen and then they would overcome them and still win? That just doesn't happen very often in my life watching go for football where they just they overcome some sort of adversity. It's a sad statement, but true. And they come back and they win a game or it looks like they're on the ropes, but they counterpunch. That's not the personality of Gophers football in my life. And if PJ Fleck is starting to instill some of that personality, I don't care if it's South Dakota State. Come back and win a game or, you know, fight through some adversity and win a game in the fourth quarter. Don't don't let it completely slip away. Yeah, I, I would say this. I think that your feeling is a little bit straw man on Fresno State. I didn't hear a lot of complaining about that one. I might just, that need, was to just, un- I might just need to unfollow everybody. Then. They had a, they made, both teams made a ton of mistakes, but that game was entertaining. It was absolutely crazy. And when Winfield Jr. stepped in, because that looked like on TV, a sure touchdown. That play looked, yeah. you're like, oh my God, yeah, they're going to play. Guy, I thought it was a touchdown. But didn't yeah, it look did. like it, yeah. it was going to? Oh, gonna, yeah. Antoine Win- Winfield comes out of nowhere. He comes yeah. on into the camera in the last second like a horror film if you're a Fresno State fan, and a bang I'm get- for the I'm- second year in a row. I'm going to guess if you watched on the All-22, you could probably see him creeping in. But oh, from, sure. from the TV angle, where it starts with you know the line of scrimmage and the quarterback, mm-hmm. and he drops back, and I'm wa- I watched that the next morning because I fell asleep. And the whole play, I'm just like, no, no, oh, God, oh, God, he's wide open. And play-by-play guy, too, to the end zone for the win! And yep. it's like, whoa! Antw- Here it is. End zone for the win, and it's intercepted, and Minnesota wins it, Winfield, the Golden Gophers are golden tonight in two overtimes. Yeah, that was awesome. There was that just hell of a play. So, and maybe it is, maybe, maybe I'm just like shadow boxing with five people that I and by the way James Murphy if you're listening producer for Score North you're one of them okay <laughs> oh he goes nuts I saw your tweets and he also hosts the Score North Gopher show I love you he but, acts like they're the Patriots man. though he's like entitled how <laughs> oh, you can't be an entitled Gopher fan take what you can get it's like he's watching Belichick I can't believe Brady did that but like let's just embrace the fact that the Gophers can take some punches now apparently and still win a game on the road against a team that I, was ranked at the end of last year. That game was fun, so, I'm telling you. Yeah. Cram session when we come back here where Jonathan Harrison corruptly awards us points for answers to his questions based on complete arbitrary nonsense. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. A five foot hundred and seventy pound penguin will mess you up. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. All right, no Rami today, so it's a one-on-one showdown. Old-school Mackie and Judd style here with Jonathan Harrison as the uh, question asker and referee. The way it works is Jonathan throws out three questions and he awards points based on our answers. Mm -hmm. Let's fire this up, Jonathan. I don't think it's really arbitrary. 
like you guys always claim it to be. But we'll move. We'll dig. I digress. Jonathan was on brand. He came into my office today, Judd, with a full corn dog. And while we met about whatever topic it was, Jonathan ate the whole corn dog during the yeah. meeting. Did he share? Did he offer to share? Did you want any? Uh, he could have broken off a chunk of corn dog not, for him. He did not offer to share. But I am proud to report that, you know, when you get to the end of the corn dog and there's that little crusted part uh, Ooh, sort of like, in the middle. I enjoy that. And some people aren't into that. Like like Ross, our, That's a our weird marketing thing. guy, Ross. we got to talk to him about that. Yeah, Ross, like, doesn't uh, anything on a stick, like a corn dog, a it's popsicle. A stick part. The stick part is, like, very triggering for him. And his tongue kind of like curls well, up. And like, you're not supposed to <laughs> shove it down your throat so you want to throw off. <laughs> so, anyways. Yeah, you don't get rid of that crusty part. You No, the crusty part's the delicious. Best. I was going to say, that's the treat. Yeah. All right. We've been talking twins all hour, or all the first hour, so we'll, we'll get back to them in a second. I want to start off Vikings here. I'm guaranteeing you a healthy Dalvin Cook all season long. Where are the Vikings finishing if that happens? Phil, you want to start us off? Yes. In fact, uh, let me find some appropriate production here. To <laughs> go say, what are you trying? What are yeah. you attempting to produce? The <laughs> NFC Championship game. And then all bets are off. I'm not going to guarantee. I mean, it's the NFC Championship game is as far as my Vikings road goes. It's not that there's a roadblock. It's just that the road is open from that point. You've been traumatized too many times yep. going past that, so you're just going to. Yep. All right. It's just uh, fair enough. It's like that's where the road is. Because if if Dalvin Cook stays healthy for the whole season, to me, it's the equivalent of Le'Veon Bell in his prime, healthy for the whole season. Okay, so let's for the purposes of this exercise, uh, we're going to replace Dalvin Cook with Le'Veon Bell healthy in his prime. Because that's what I think we're looking at here if Dalvin Cook is healthy for 16 games. If you have the two best wide receiver, the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL, yeah. And you have Le'Veon Bell in his prime. Yeah. And you have a, a capable to at times fringe top ten quarterback, depending on the day, with one of the top five defenses in the NFL. I mean, how many other teams in the NFL can say that they have all of those things? So if that's the case, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook's availability for fifteen or sixteen games brings this team to a different level that we just haven't been able to see because he's been hurt so much in his career. So if you get all those things, well, like Byron Buxton, that's a ticket to the NFC Championship game. Side question here: This, when I'm, I'm not judging you on this one, who's more important to their team based off their availability, Dalvin Cook or Byron Buxton? Don't answer. He's not. Ju- he's not judging. He's corrupt. Don't answer. I just <laughs> so want to know. Ju- my my lawyer my is telling me to plead don't the fifth an- on this. Don't answer. Sidebar. <laughs> Chambers. Um, Byron Buxton. Okay. Byron Buxton. That's not to say that Dalvin Cook isn't valuable, but Byron Byron Buxton to this team, uh, compared to Dalvin Cook to this team, they're both really valuable, but I would say Byron Buxton. So I took this question to mean record. Is that incorrect? Uh, is that a correct interpretation as yeah. well? Okay, so I've got the Viking I've got the Vikings at ten and six just going into this year, which is sort of the assumption that Cook is going to miss a few games here and there. He missed mm-hmm. five in two thousand and eighteen. But if he plays all sixteen I've got them at 11 wins, given their defense. See, I think I, I think the statement that I made to Rami in yesterday's show, which just like hit me like a bolt of lightning, but was actually genius, is correct. Which is which is wow. the Minnesota Vikings. Stay humble. The Minnesota Vikings <laughs> at their at their best are going to outbear the Bears. Yeah, like the Bears have this defense, and they've yeah. got and they've got this offense. Now their head coach, um, his pet, his pedigree is an offense, but. 
you know, they got Trubisky. I'll take Cousins any day. If you can work Cook in, I think the Vikings win 11 games. And I think there's, and I think that they make it to at least the NFC divisional round. I don't know about championship game because there's a lot of factors there, but they are, they are 11 wins, NFC North champions and have a real chance to make a run because his presence in that offense helps out Cousins. It helps out Diggs. It helps out Thielen. It changes things a lot. And now if he goes out, let's say he goes out for five games. Madison plays. I don't think he's a bad player, but he's sure not Dalvin Cook. So I say 11 wins, division champion. You're better than Chicago at basically being the Bears. Mm-hmm. That um, that blueprint, and you make it uh, at least to the divisional playoff run. I think I'm going to agree with Judd here. I'm not willing to go to the NFC Championship game yet, just based off of one game. If I see multiple games of this, and I know that he's, and I'm guaranteeing him, a full season of it, then I might be able to get there. But right now, I'm giving them 11 based off of what Dalvin Cook did on Sunday. I'm giving them 11 wins and hopefully a deep run into the playoffs. So Judd's going to win the point there. Next question. Now we'll get back to baseball. If Buxton was up for a new contract this offseason and he was on unrestricted free agent, what kind of contract are you giving him? All right. If any. I actually researched this because I've got your answer. And what I am going to give him is is what I would call, and this is a very good player with a current war of 4.1, but he got robbed. He got absolutely jobbed. Ozzie Albies of the Braves in, I believe it was April, agreed to a seven-year, $35 million contract, $5 million per. It's a terrible contract. And I would give Buxton that. I would say, if you're willing to pay for, uh, play for that, I will get, give you that. But he's he. The and question is unrestricted free agent. Yeah, but though. that's all I'm gonna. Yeah, but I don't care at this point. If if he was going to hit the market, I would say I will give you this. He would get more elsewhere. But my point is, I can't do that. I can't do. So you're that. saying that you just won't. So, you, that he's not going to be on your. I'm team. gonna say, hey, look, the Braves. The Braves gave. Yeah, I'm. He's going to leave. But my point is, I can't in good conscience. I'd like to keep him, and I'm going to pay him to stay. But I. But he is going to say, if he was going to hit free agency and could walk, let's say he's going to ask for, what, 15 20 a year, something like that? I don't know. Uh, I can't do that. So I will give you the Ozzy Albee special. Consider yourself consider yourself to be a special as a guy with a 4.1 war who's a great player. <laughs> okay, what what was the Ozzy Albee's contract again? The Ozzy Albee's contract uh, that was signed this spring when the Braves completely, uh, is schnookered the right word? Seven years, $35 million. So an average of five a year over seven years. Yes, but uh, that's bidding against, but they're, but they're really bidding, they're not bidding against, 29 other teams because it's not unrestricted and, free agency. And uh, Kepler, the contract that he got in February was five years, 35. Okay. And again, those are, see, I, I, with the way this question is phrased is if Byron Buxton were an unrestricted free agent, so if he was just available and anyone could sign him like Bryce Harper was mm-hmm. last year, you have to make the decision do you want him? And my answer is still yes, I want him for the next three years. So I would give him a three year, $45 million offer because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to actually land him. Right. Judd, Judd is saying, well, I'll give you what Ozzie Albies makes, which is $5 million a year. And like he's going to get way more than that if he was an unrestricted free right. agent. To be on the IL somewhere. But that's the, <laughs> I mean, that's the gamble. So what I'm saying is I want Byron Buxton for the next three years. And because the Twins have him under team control for the next three years, they can just go arbitration year to year. And then somebody else can offer him a big contract when he's 29 years old. Yeah. But to get him, if he were an unrestricted free agent right now and, and 30 teams could bid on him, 
he's going to be making a lot more than $5 million, even with these injuries. So, I tend to agree with Phil here that if he is on the market, other teams can, can go after him. He's going to get a lot more than you would want to pay. But I'm not giving him a long-term contract just because the injury history. I'm keeping it short. I'm going the three or 45. Phil, you're getting the point here. All right. Last all but not least. All tied up. For all the Tostitos. All comes down to this. Yes. Odell Beckham Jr. was wearing a watch during the game on Sunday. What is this story? I didn't read this yet. That yeah, watch. He, he was wearing a watch. in the. It wasn't like, it looked like kind of an athletic watch, right? Yeah, okay. It kind of blended in with his like gloves and his The colors matched. Yeah. It, was, it was color coordinated. It wasn't like he was wearing a gold Rolex out there. Oh, the okay. price may make you think it was. Yeah. $189,000 watch he's wearing on a football field. Yeah, who doesn't have that laying around? <laughs> By the way, like about, I bought I bought a condo one time that was way less than that. It's so. about what I have left on my house that I bought yeah. four years ago. <laughs> no way. What's the most expensive thing in your life you recla- you recklessly used slash used like Odell did with a hundred eighty nine thousand dollar watch. <laughs> um, man, I don't. I sh- I like buy shirts at Target. I mean, I don't have a lot of expensive things in my repertoire, but um, I can tell you about a time that I accidentally bought something more expensive than I thought it was, and then like a month later left it at left it at a restaurant. <laughs> so. So stupid. Like this is like sunglasses? six or seven years ago. Sunglasses. Oh, wow. why didn't you take them back? <laughs> so the only time I've ever bought more than like fifteen dollars in sunglasses because I always lose them. You yep. buy them at a gas station. Up. Yep. Yeah. Just buy them at a gas station. Yep. You don't have to worry about it. So I was in. I was at one of those like there's a little kiosk at the mall, mm-hmm. and uh, I was on my phone, and like it was like some important discussion. I can't remember what what I was on the phone doing, but I was on the phone and it was an important discussion. And I was also for some reason trying to buy sunglasses. So I just, I just wanted, it was just a mindless decision. I was just going to quick, like buy a pair of $10 or $15 mall kiosk sunglasses and then uh, grab and be on my way. So I pick a pair off the wall and they all had like little handwritten price tags. And so I grabbed one, looked like it was $15 and uh, I set it on the counter while I'm kind of on my phone. And the woman behind the counter at this kiosk spends like five minutes like cleaning the lenses and, oh. you know, like with one of those little what? fine little Why rags. Why you, you know? at this point? She's cleaning She'll the run lenses away. and stuff. And she like puts them in one of those little burlap bags for me. And I'm like, Jesus, it's like $15 pair of sunglasses. What are you doing? Well, uh, old Phil Mackey uh, misread the price tag. There was a, it was handwritten. Can I guess one fifty? One fifty. What? And you didn't say no, thank you. One fifty. And you, you paid. Just say like, uh, never mind. That's a. Rang it up. Uh, she she rang it up on my card, and I didn't like. I I, I didn't know until I left. And uh, and I look. I was because I thought back like, why are they giving me like a burlap sack with these cheap sunglasses? And instead of going back and getting a refund, I just said, all right, I'm going to take care of these like I've never taken care. of These are going to be five no. to ten year sunglasses. No. Left them at a restaurant. Two like three you, weeks later. Why didn't you tell her I misread yeah. the tag? I'm not paying one fifty. I don't know. I didn't. I don't. I didn't go back. I don't know why I didn't go back. Like the second I saw one fifty, I'd be like, I know. "Oh, I your penmanship yeah. needs to improve. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a me problem." Yep. So. No way. Anyways, that's aggressive. <sighs> so I gave this question great thought because I thought to myself, like, what do I have that I've misused? And but you know what? I did some serious self reflection. And I thought to myself, my last car, the Saturn. (laughs) 
as one of my co-hosts, <clears throat> of course, I've had a few, uh, called it the rolling dumpster. Because <laughs> I had a lot of garbage in that car. And the trunk was packed with a bunch of blank, you know, crap in the corpses. Yeah, just a bunch of That's stuff. normal. And, you know, I had CDs floating around it. And I never took care of that car. Voodoo dolls of wild front office people. CDs. Yeah. I love CDs. I wish CDs would come back. But anyway, long, that, that's a different story. Anyway, I did not treat the car well. And, you okay. know, it's a car. It's not cheap, obviously. Saturn, not nice car. I wish they hadn't quit making cars. Uh, <laughs> and conversely, now with my new car, I've gone out of my way to try to keep it as clean as possible, try and keep crap out of it, try not to. But that's as close to OBJ as I can possibly get because I really didn't treat the car with the proper respect that a car deserves considering the price that we paid for it. Right. That's I, fine. I'm still blown away. $150 sunglasses. That's that's mind-boggling to you me. You know what I paid for that car? How much? Well, how much was I Saturn at the time? <laughs> 10000 I mean, it was, you know, not cheap. That's fine. That's fine. I, I kind of live that way in my car, too. Yeah, but that's, I... But There's corn dog drive. sticks all over the yeah. floor? No, because I don't have a microwave in the car yet. Oh, yeah. That doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that you couldn't make the corn dogs in your house on, on oh, the long yeah. drive that you have and then take the stick and toss it in the back. Yeah, I guess you could. I do could that. see you eating a corn dog in, in the way to work. Boy, this you is, I, could, I could see this point going either way. I, I mean, that's I've been in Judd's old Saturn before, and it your was, feet don't touch the ground. It, it touches McDonald's bags and it was, CDs. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> I've really turned my life around since then. Wow. It was embarrassing. I was too old to be living that way, too, by the Rolling way. Rolling dumpster. I'm. Sorry, Mackie. $150 sunglasses <laughs> puts up a good fight, but rolling dumpster. It was called CDs one of my co hosts. One of my co hosts, who. That's a good one. I guess now has work elsewhere called the rolling dumpster. Judd's going to win this one. So, all right. Mackie and Judd with Rami. On Plus self reflection there, Judd. If you're, if you're just jumping in a car or you haven't heard the news, Byron Buxton out for the season officially. And I have a question about the way we have viewed Byron Buxton's. Injury history with the Twins compared to another former prominent Twins player. And also, by the way, should mention that uh, Derek Wetmore just posted a column. So complete coverage on Buxton, scorenorth.com if you uh, want to read more from the ballpark. Join Dan Terhar and myself tomorrow night for Scorenorth's coverage of Minnesota United and the Houston Dynamo with pregame at 7, kickoff at 7.30 right here on Scorenorth on AM 1500, the Scorenorth mobile app, and scorenorth.com. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, Byron Buxton's out for the season. That's the big news this afternoon. It's not super shocking because he's had the shoulder issue, and I mean he's just been injured for five years. I was going to say it's no. not super shocking because it happens all the time. But they announced sixty day injured list, which officially officially rules him out for the year. And I don't think they've confirmed surgery, but the word is Doogie was floating this out on Twitter that he had surgery today on his shoulder. This was Rocco Baldelli in the clubhouse earlier today discussing uh, Byron Buxton being in California for shoulder-related things. Well, Buck's out in California right now. Uh, he saw the doctor uh, yesterday. Um, we're getting everything kind of put together right now. Uh, surgery is, is, is an option here. Um, and so we're basically putting, uh, you know, kind of setting down and, and kind of, you know, bracing for the, the realization that this could be, uh, this could be his, uh, his season ending right now. Um, but we, we basically are going to, you know, wait and see what, what it looks like going forward. Um, you know, Buck is a, is obviously an enormous part of, of what we do here. The, the contributions he makes on the field are, are fantastic. Obviously is one of the best defenders in the world. 
Uh, that being said, the energy that he brings and, and the lift that he brings to the team is, is, is also huge. And so, uh, you know, we've been playing with him, you know, without him for, for a little while now. It's, it's been something where we've had to just make adjustments and, and we've had guys step up. We've had, um, kept playing out there in center field, you know, most of the time and, and doing a good job. And, um, you know, we just have to, you know, come together again in, in a way where, you know, we know we might not have him, uh, going forward this year and hopefully we have him full strength and ready to go next year so that, that was actually Rocco Baldelli I'm sure he was in or around or near the clubhouse but that was on Sirius XM earlier today and so here's a question for you and tell me if I'm just reading too much into this but the tone of how we are reacting we as just a majority of Twins fans and media the tone of how we've treated Byron Buxton's injuries over the years feels a lot different than the tone uh, by which we treated Joe Maurer's injuries. I feel like Joe Maurer was mocked and ridiculed for years if he would take a day game off after a night game. You know, there, there was a lot of years where Joe Maurer was the best overall catcher in baseball, and he would play like 130 games. Or yeah, There was a couple of years where he'd play 138, 140 games, and he would still be mocked and ridiculed because, oh, you know, well, there's one prominent host that went with a bit for years. How long will Maurer milk it, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to mock and ridicule him. And Byron Buxton has missed way more time, percentage of like percentage of games missed, way more time than Joe Maurer missed. And I almost feel like we kind of feel bad, like it's frustrating, but we kind of feel bad for him. And, you know, there's people who are, who are upset about the fact that he keeps running into walls, but there's not the mocking and the ridiculing of Byron Buxton that there was with Joe Maurer. Why do you think that is? Am I, a, am I right? And B, why do you think that is? Uh, one, because I think that Maurer was, from day one here, held to a standard of which few are. It, it was almost as if because he was from here and was such a talented and gifted athlete that he was held to a standard that was unreachable. If he hit 350, he didn't hit enough home runs. Mm-hmm. If he hit... If he hit 20, 28 home runs or, or whatever it was the year in the Metrodome in 2009, then it should have been 32 in 2010 at Target Field. That's that's my reason number one. But here's where I think it got really, really bad. And this is the Twins' fault. It's Joe's fault for not correcting it as well. But the game changer, I think, where it became a complete free-for-all of mocking him, which I think it did for a while, was bilateral leg weakness because it was such a mess. Like the thing with Buxton is, I don't think that the Twins have ever gone to great lengths to hide things about it, right? Like, they're not like, oh, man, it might be his shoulder, but it might be his hip, but it might be... You know, they invented, and, and we've certainly discussed this before, but I think every time we talk about Joe's uh, past here, it's worth bringing up. The Twins invented an injury that really didn't exist, and it got mocked. And, and the problem there was, because of the standard that Joe was held to by that point, it made it even worse. Mm-hmm. Like they, I still think, Phil, that if they had come out that day in Tampa and been like, he's got whatever, I just told you the truth, bad knees or something, or a condition, or whatever it was, I don't know to this day. But if they had just been truthful, I think there's frustration there. But I think it was a combination of from day one here, uh, Joe being held to a standard, which probably actually in some ways goes back to and th- this is this is delving in really deep into the psyche of the Minnesota sports fan, but it might be true. Probably goes back to the fact that they passed on Mark Pryor. And the assumption was, well, they passed on Pryor because it's a cheap poll ads. They're just a cheap team. They're always going to be cheap. And look, they took the guy from Creighton. 
Now, they didn't realize that the guy from Creighton was yeah. a generationally great catcher. Yeah, it worked so, out, but it was still cheap. So to go, so to go to your question, I think it's a multitude of things, starting with the fact, though, that Joe, Joe is held and was held to a standard that Byron Buxton will never be held to in this town. It, which is which is also sort of funny because Byron Buxton was the number four overall pick and was why considered the best high school outfielder in the I country. Do, right? I think that I think ultimately in this town, unless you're a Vikings player, but if you're a Twins, a Wolves, or a Wild player, I think we don't hold many of those people to the standard that somehow Joe got held to. Don't so you? If Joe Maurer would have been from California, don't think we would have cared as much. Hmm. I really don't. It's a it's or George, a Georgia, which is where Byron Buxton's from. It's a very weird thing to say because you, you would think it would get you points to be from here, but I think in Joe's case it worked against him. Yeah, so I think you're probably onto something with just sort of the lack of defining what some of the ailments were. You know, Joe really never talked about injuries. You know, I I covered Joe for a long time. I feel like I have a good relationship with Joe, just from a I, I wouldn't consider like. Joe and I aren't friends that hang out by any means, but in terms of somebody who was around him on a regular basis and around him at work all the time when he was in the clubhouse and asked him how he's feeling injury-wise, like he never divulged anything more than just, oh, you know, just uh, trying to get back. Or he'd never go into specific details about anything. And I think with Buxton, just sort of to answer my own question and why there hasn't been the mocking and the ridiculing, there's less of an unknown factor. You know what the ailments are. He's got he needs labrum surgery here, or he has a concussion there. Although people did mock and ridicule Joe Maurer with concussion stuff too, like Joe Maurer well, had to move out from just... behind the plate because of concussions. Yeah, but that's that's so far yeah. off the charts of you, that's a, that's a them problem. Yeah, I I know, and I, I, I mean, agree that's with a... that. But it's just it's part of the it's it's part of the story. Yep. And um, I think with Buxton, because you can kind of go through and define what the problem is, he ran into a wall and his blank hurts. Uh, you know, he uh, he dove or whatever and strained a shoulder, right? With Maurer, it was like, oh, it's general soreness. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, oh, there's he's got problems with his legs, and they're calling it bilateral leg weakness. And rather than maybe thinking a little deeper or just kind of trusting that, because, like, if your first knee-jerk reaction is, oh, what a pansy, now they're making up, like, what do you, like, really? Like, you really think that he's fine and he just doesn't really want to play? Is that really what you think? Because that couldn't be further from the truth. We just sort of followed down that path. And with Buxton, because you can link the thing that happened to the ailment, there's less room for mocking and ridiculing, I guess. Like, maybe I just solved the, the puzzle. Does Byron also get possibly... And this is not to say that this is smart, but does he possibly get more respect too? Because he's crashing into walls. Yeah, a hundred percent. He crashed yeah, into. You a can wall. see him. He's diving and crashing and doing all these things that, well, yeah, clearly, like a center fielder will do. And like you're not going to be diving and crashing as much as a catcher. Although Joe Maurer definitely ran into railings and you right, know, but he took a foul tip and that gave him a concussion. Yeah, that seemed to be the the. Reaction was yeah. Oh, I was only a foul tip. What happened? Yeah, it is funny. Like you can, you can. There's, there's definitely a correlation between how dirty your uniform is and how much you're perceived to be putting your body on the line. If you're a Nick Punto and a Byron Buxton and you slide head first and you dive all out for something, and that means you're, you're tougher, right? Well, I mean, if you play first base or catcher, you're not outright sprinting for fifty so yards would like happen, you would if you're a center fielder. What would transpire now? 
if let's say the, the Twins say, bleep it, we're going to pay him, and Byron Buxton comes back in 2020 with a seven-year contract, big contract, mm-hmm. and he runs into the wall again and, and gets hurt, or he fouls a ball off his foot or gets hit in the wrist by a pitch, how much does that change the fans' reaction and perception? Because the thing with Joe that we all always come back to as well is that contract was held against him forever. Yep, that, and that's another piece to this puzzle. If you're making $23 million and you're not playing, you open yourself up to more criticism, fair or not fair. Byron Buxton right now makes about a million dollars. Correct. It's like one, one million or 1.1 million or whatever. So that might, that might change if he came back, was getting paid and then continued to not stay healthy. Yeah. But the way I always look at it, if a guy makes a lot of money or he doesn't make a lot of money, if he, if he's putting himself out there and he clearly wants to be out there and his body's just not allowing him to be out there, who am I to like criticize him, right? I think it's to be frustrated with the situation is one thing. To mock and ridicule the player or the person for something that they don't have a lot of control over. Like you have control over whether you run into a fence. And so that's definitely something that that's a thing that the twins have tried to deal with. Yeah. Um I don't know. I just I, I just wanted to pose the question because it, it it does feel like, and I think we've gone through all the reasons, it does feel like the tone the tone of which we've got, you know, the tone by which we've had the conversation about Maurer and Byron Buxton is different, and Buxton's missed a lot higher percentage of games. I feel as if there was a feeling in this town with Joe for a long time that Joe was personally letting us down, and with Buxton, it's like it's too bad he's hurt. Mm-hmm. But but the flip side to that is I don't feel in this town like there is any investment for the most part in Byron Buxton. Mm-hmm. I've always said that. I'm telling you, I think. The greatest thing, and Joe would uh, would say no to this now, but I think if you could go to Joe and be like, let's go back in a time machine and you can be drafted by the Angels. He would say no. He would say no, but I think it would be the best thing for him. Yeah, he would uh, He would have been probably more appreciated for things. He would have Actually, been appreciated and left alone. I mean, I the scrutiny that, that he got in this town to me will, will always be bizarre because aside from maybe a Vikings quarterback or something like that, Think about this. Name any other twin that you've covered or watched in your lifetime or any Wolves player. Garnett was loved, I think, especially when he was good. Name any other player in baseball or, or basketball or hockey who gets that type of passion in this town. I can't. No, no I can't I can't even come close. I can't either. No. So if you want full coverage of the news today, Byron Buxton out for the season officially. Derek Wetmore is at the ballpark. I know Judd's heading there a little bit later on today. Uh, the Score North Twin Show is five days a week, but scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app are your places. By the way, if you had that Score North mobile app, you would have been one of the first to get the push notification telling you the Buzzkill news. So if you want Buzzkill Minnesota sports news popping up on your phone, the Score North mobile app good news is your too. place. Yeah, there's good I'm sure news next here. time there's good news, we'll push that out. Yeah, we did. And we did. Like when the Vikings beat the crap out of the Falcons, you found out about that through the Score North mobile app as well. So, So that was good. Uh, we've got a couple of shiny 55-inch TCL TVs here in this studio where we watch all of those aforementioned games, all of the buzzkill sporting events and uh, all of the uh, Sunday thrashings by our purple team on a TCL Roku TV. That Roku device built into the TV has a really easy-to-navigate menu. You can go back and forth between your cable or satellite channels and all your streaming channels. If you're a sports fan... It's easy access to dozens of sports streaming channels, all of the Fox platforms, uh, Big Ten Network, Fox Sports Go, ESPN Plus, you name it. It's available if you're a sports fan. And if you're not a sports fan or if you like things that are uh, that go beyond the scope of sports, 5,000-plus streaming channels 
with that built-in Roku device. TCLUSA.com is the website if you want to find out more about America's fastest-growing TV brand. I just recommend stopping into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities and staring at one for yourself. Mackie and Judd with Rami. We wrap with Roycey on the other side here. 543 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. If you listen to Purple Daily today, you heard Alex Boone join us in the second hour, and he broke down the offensive line play, how they did. So go back and be sure to podcast that and listen to his pretty detailed breakdown where he gets super football-y on how Pat Alfline did, how Garrett Bradbury did. It's all there for you on Purple Daily. Mike Zimmer had this to say about his offensive line's performance on Sunday. They did um, a really good job in the running game. We had a couple tough matchups in the passing game with some of their guys, some of the things that they were doing that we have to clean up technically and, you know, our footwork. But, you know, they fought and they they scratched and, you know, we got some guys cut on the backside. I thought Kyle blocked pretty well yesterday, uh, which was good to see. You know, Garrett had a couple times where they he was going one way and they backdoored him a few times. But, uh, you know, those are all clean-up things that will get fixed. That was Zimmer thought, Zimmer's thoughts on the offensive line play. Go back and listen to Purple Daily today for Alex Boone's thoughts on the guard play, the center play, the tackle play for the Vikings. You can also join myself and Dan Terrar tomorrow night for Scornorth's coverage of Minnesota United and the Houston Dynamo with pregame at 7 and kickoff at 7.30 right here on Scornorth on AM 1500. The Scornorth mobile app and scorenorth.com. That's been your, your Scornorth download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd, uh, without Rami today, he'd be uh, back in the mix tomorrow. Pat, all right, it's official that Byron Buxton is out for uh, the season here. On the 60-day, he was placed earlier today. So he's going to be 26 years old this offseason. He's got three years left on his deal. I mean, this this is bad in the short term, but it also just makes it really hard going forward. I mean, what do you, what do you pencil him in for, 80 games, 100 games, and you cross your finger? I, I told Judd, I think they have to find... A Gerard Dyson-like backup outfielder that can start 50 games in center field if you need him to. Like it's a it's a thing now that you have to prepare for this off season. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, Billy Hamilton. <laughs> you know, yeah. he could play center field and steal a base. And uh, somebody like that, he's not going to get many hits. But uh, I, I kind of agree with you. It's unless uh, you want to see Jake. I think you want Kepler to play right field. You don't want him to play center field. So find somebody who can play center field when he's not here. That's quite a lineup tonight, though. Uh, the uh, I'm saying that they should have brought in Josh Wetzel to do the play-by-play tonight because he's more familiar with these guys than, uh, than the rest of the you know, from Rochester. But, uh, I just counted up 117 home runs uh, not playing tonight because of injury. Is that all, Pat? They've had you. They've had years. Well, you got Nelson back, so yeah. They've had years. They've had years when they haven't hit 117 home runs. In fact, I looked it up. They hit 103 in 2011 when all the nonsense of this decade started. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I think Lavelle told me this, but he might be wrong. That uh, they got 40 men on the uh, roster. You know, the 40 men that are healthy, and they're all here. Mm. But. Because they Torres, they put that Torres Torres on today to replace Buxton, but there's a pitcher named Deep Dublin that was on the roster and he's not here. Maybe it's only 39 players. So you think they only have to go back to Fenway and try to put 39 players in that bag out? That would be a problem. So yeah, this is a mess, and you're placing uh, you're 
facing uh, Annie Ball was pretty good, and then Strasburg and Corbin. <laughs> I think they'd take one now and be happy and, uh, with none of their players. I, I don't know what Trout, I guess, sometime, that since they're sitting everybody, they decided to sit him, too. I don't know. I don't get it. It's your guy has to do that first base tonight, though. So, uh, Pat, explain this. I get, I get the tribute video po- uh, pregame for Dozier. Why are we including Kurt Suzuki? What did Kurt yeah, Suzuki he was, do? He, he, what did he do he here? He was an all star. I don't mean? care. He was an all star. Yeah, he was an all star. Was he here for three years or two? Uh, three years. He signed a three year contract, three right? Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, he was an soft. All-star. You're getting soft, both of you. This is. This is an opportunity to show Perky striking out the guy at the, the, the last out in the All-Star game. Yeah. Let's have Perky do the first pitch. Suzuki was a catcher. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would think if it's a two-and-a-half-minute video, uh, Dozier gets two minutes and 20 seconds. But uh, you can throw a little Suzuki in at the end. You know what? Yeah. I want, uh, you know, we, we, we worried about what, Michael Pineda was taken. I want to know what Suzuki's taken. He's uh, he's going pretty good. He's still three, four years after they thought he was cooked here. He's still playing pretty good. Yeah. You want to speculate on what specifically he is? I was going to say, should we go down that path? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's vanilla ice cream. Like Harmon used to take Hagendazo. Uh, anyway, I mean Babe Ruth ate, uh, uh, yeah, Babe Ruth ate Hormel. I don't know. They drank a lot of beer too, guys. That's key. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't have any problem with that. No, I, I'm thinking about having a positive pack week and doing it even. I, I have been a pretty calm day today. It's a gorgeous day of going to the ball game tonight. If you were going to see the A team instead of the C minus team, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's not a great night to go uh, see uh, the Twins. For uh, excuse for a baseball team they're putting on the field tonight. Yeah. Uh, Pat, we asked this to Roy Smalley earlier, and uh, we'll ask it to you too. Do you see a path? Is there a best case scenario path to a Twins World Series victory still, or is that road no. completely closed? Yeah. Numerous plane crashes. <laughs> <laughs> What you gotta get charter Astros flights. gotta go down charter flights, charter flights involving the Astros and the Yankees. Maybe they'll maybe they'll be flying by each other and collide. That's uh, you, know, you know, wouldn't it be horrible now if something like that happened? <laughs> you know, no, I know there's none. They cannot win a playoff series. They cannot because they'll have to play either. Use they have a twenty percent chance to beat the Yankees. And a zero percent chance to be Houston. And well, if it's the best of seven, if it's the best of seven series, they have a ten percent chance to beat the Yankees, and still a zero percent chance to beat Houston. By the way, if, if, N- if NSA is monitoring this interview, that is uh, Patrick James <laughs> Royce, R E U S S E. Yes, and I'm pl- I'm plotting no uh, bad things. I'm just throwing that out as it's sports talk. Yeah, it's just it's just sports talk. It's just a casual conversation about plane crashes. Yeah, you know, just between friends. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, anyway, is that the you see Houston the last. You see Houston the last two days. Yes. Yeah. What? Twenty-one and fifteen. One and fifteen to zero, and they needed all those runs because their starters are cold and greasy. <laughs> you know, they got. He scored 13 in the second and third innings on Sunday, and they scored 
uh, what, how many 11 was it in the first two innings last night? They got this kid at Alvarez that nobody's oh. heard of. He's gonna, he's been here for three months. He's gonna drive in 90 runs. It's unbelievable. Who is he? Did you so see the whole run he hit last night? I don't know oh, where, they gigantic. couldn't figure out where well, it la- hit, landed. Yeah, so it was gigantic. They hit six in the first inning or something. They set all time record or something. Perf six and one inning fixed, I think. In the in the first two, yes, six home runs in two innings. In the first two innings, yeah. Well, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about the Jags. This is ridiculous. Is it it still caution, or is everybody anybody are are they sitting anybody with any kind of a tweak, or are these guys all hurt? That's what I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, is, is it is it still Crohn's? We're saying he's got a sore thumb, so how's he going to get better? He's been playing with it for two weeks. He takes a day off, and it feels better. I don't see. You know what we need? Novocaine. (laughs) Back in the old days, they used to shoot all these guys up with Novocaine. Let's go. Come on, more Novocaine. Okay, I I just went in here just for fun. I went to the Astros' offensive numbers. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't looked at this all on paper, and this is ridiculous. So, uh, Yuli Gurriel is yeah. uh, kind of a corner guy. He's thirty five yeah, corner right. guy, right? So Yuli Gurriel has twenty seven home runs, ninety eight RBIs. He's batting three oh four with a five forty seven slugging percentage. Okay, <laughs> right? Okay. Yuli Gurriel ranks seventh on their team the in OPS. <laughs> yeah. What? What is this Alvarez's kid? Oh, the OPS about uh, So Alvarez has an OPS of uh, one thousand eighty-two. <laughs> how many? How long has he been there? He's played. He's played games. seventy-one games. He has seventy-two RBIs, twenty-four home runs. <laughs> he's hitting three sixteen oh, with a six seventy-three slugging percentage, and he gets on base at a forty-one percent clip. Yeah, wow, just wow. So he's over. All right, he's twins. Over a thousand. A good run. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, come on, Gibby, go shut him down. <laughs> come on, Gibby. Uh, uh, Martin Mar- Mar- Perez, come on, throw that cutter. Bring in, bring in Dominic. Let's go. Come oh on. man, yeah, yeah, it's it's quite a machine, that's for sure. Uh, it's it's amazing. I don't know. It's been a hell of a run, but God, it's 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 kind of sad to see that it's all you know that they're falling apart physically here with two weeks to go in the season. It's. Uh, it's uh, kind of, uh, you know, I don't know what to say about it. I guess it's all, a lot of, you know what it is. Uh, rest and recovery ain't the answer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what is the answer, but it's not rest and recovery. Yep. Good luck, I guess, is the answer. Yep. Well, at least it's a beautiful night at the ballpark. And uh, quick programming yep. note, too. We are, uh, with Viking season starting, so we don't have Judd doing 11 hours of radio on Mondays. Uh, Roycey on baseball, as you heard last night at 6 o'clock, on Mondays and Roycey Unchained and I stepped in for a little Roycey and Mackie reunion. You can find that in just a few minutes here uh, and also wherever you find podcasts. So, well, people can people can look for the one hour Roycey and Mackie reunion here on Score North in a few minutes. Pat, it's fantastic too. Uh, we you missed me. We were uh, yeah. No. Well, we forgot to we forgot to have a ramp, so it was kind of a calm a calm version. You dropped the ball, Mackie. It was it was calm. Well, there's got to be a rant. He never no... poked. He didn't get. He didn't poke me with anything. No, it wasn't like five years ago when I would poke him every day. <laughs> okay. All right, Pat. We we'll... used to talk about this thing called analytics, whatever yeah. the hell he's talking about. <laughs> it hadn't. 
It was going to be a passing fancy, I told him. Tell Dave Dombrowski <laughs> that. Yeah, the right. passing fancy. Oh, by the way, you're fired again. <laughs> All right. See you, Royce. Right. Bye. We uh, rap with Royce every day. I just had a... He just basically speculated about the Astros and Yankees planes colliding in midair. Yeah. That's I love that man. Patrick James Royce. I love that man. Name? Hall of Famer, Patrick Royce. I just had a nightmare scenario flash before my eyes during that conversation with Pat. And no, it wasn't a plane crash. I was going to say, was it two 747s colliding? So, uh... You know, the Twins broke the Major League home run record week week ago, whenever that was, yep. week uh, week plus ago. Well, the Yankees are knocking on the door. The Yankees are uh, five home runs behind the Twins right now, and the Twins are just ravaged with injuries. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say this so that we can just get it out there and get rid of it and be positive tomorrow. <laughs> is there a chance that... You're working with me. Is there Go a ahead. chance that the uh, yes the Yankees yes there is. not only pass the Twins in home runs but then sweep them in a playoff series and yes yeah there's a yeah. going to throw that out there okay if they going to let that pass them in home runs but then the Twins somehow miraculously win the playoff series you're not going to care I'll be fine you'd like both you can have the home run no. I don't want the home run record it's just going to be broken I do it's going to be broken it's going to be broken next year I want the home run record it's going to be year. broken next year I In don't fact, care about that, it that should be your goal now you're not going to win a playoff series now just hunt for home runs get Kirloff up here bleep it alright we're, we're back tomorrow Rami's back tomorrow full strength Mackie and Judd with Rami podcastable Apple Spotify scorenorth.com that was great today this holiday whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for 2 Baker's has fast fresh delivery, and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.